Hello and welcome to the seance room where we communicate with our dearly departed and the occasional annoying, frustrating, but friendly office ghost. The seance room is a place where we all come to discuss everything and anything under the paranormal umbrella. So stay with us, join hands, and enjoy the episode. Today we will be talking about Skinwalker Ranch. Now, it's also known as a Sherman Ranch, also known as uh, the site of paranormal and UFO-related activities. Now, the property is located about 512 acres in southeast of Ballard, Utah. Um... It's also, the name was taken from um, the Navajo, um, which means a vengeful shaman. Now, um, in previous episodes where I talked about skinwalkers, the Navajo don't talk about it because they believe it will attract them. So, um, there's a couple things that happened here that um kind of lead to people believing that it is known for its skinwalker appearances now um UFO reports that the Unita again I butchered the name um were publicized uh in the 70s claims that the ranch first appeared in 1996 in the Salt Lake City Utah Desert News and then in the Las Vegas um, Mercury articles investigated by journalist George Knapp. Now, the early stories detail that there are claims of a family that allegedly experienced inexplicable and frightening events after they purchased and occupied the property, which would be the Shermans. Now, um, like I said, the ranch is located west of the Unita county bordering the Indian Reservation, um, which is like probably popularity known as the UFO Ranch <laughs> due to some of its 50-year um, history of odd events have taken place there. Um, now, according to Keller and Nav, they have seen or investigated evidence close to 100 incidents that included vanishing and mutilated cattle, sightings of unidentified flying objects or orbs, large animals with piercing red eyes, think Skinwalker there, um, that once they're struck with bullets, you know, they don't die, um, and invisible objects em- emanating destructive magnetic fields. Um, so think of a big creature attacking your um livestock and you go out and grab your rifle and start shooting at it and it won't die it's not even scared it won't flinch so that's what the shermans were basically experiencing while they um lived on the property now there were 
stories of uh, and folklores of cattle mutilations um, surrounding that area for decades. Um, billionaire Robert Bigelow purchased the ranch for $200,000 as a result that he was convinced that the stories of the mutilations and tales of strange lights and and so on and so on um, were true and by the owner, Terry Sherman. Now, in 96, a skeptic by the name of James Randy awarded Bigelow uh, the Pegasus Award for funding the purchase of the ranch and supporting Harvard University professor John Max and Buddy Hopkins investigations. So, now, here's a list of the owners. We had, um, from 1934 to 1994, Kenneth and Edith Myers. From 94 to 96, which is only a short two-year period, which has which the owners at that time experienced a lot. Um, Terry and Gwen Sherman from 96 to 2016 was Robert Bigelow. And from 2016 to now, Brandon Fugel um, purchased the property um, for $4.5 million. So if you're going to drop $4.5 million, must mean that there's something going on on that property. Um, after Brandon purchased the property, all the roads that um, led to the ranch were blocked. The perimeter secured with um, cameras and barbed wire. Um, there are signs that prevent people from approaching the ranch. Um, in 2017, Skinwalker Ranch was filed for trademark through the Justia trademarks and then it was issued in 2018 and in March of 2020 um the Brandon who was 40 who is 46 um finally publicly announced that he was the um owner of the ranch now, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't, well, let's talk about some stories. Um, hold, I'm getting my information as it's taking its sweet time. Now, Terry Sherman um, told this story a while back, so um, I'm gonna kinda briefly mention some key points. Now, in the summer of 94, Terry, um, who is a rancher and cattle breeder, with his wife of Gwen, um, Gwen um, found their dream ranch, 480 acre spread, with, you know, was a remote little paradise for them. Um, They thought it was a perfect place to raise their teenage son and their nine-year-old daughter. But they were puzzled as to why the price, um, why the the location was vacant for seven years. 
and why it was sold for so cheap. Um, the land is bordered between the Unita and the Ute Indian Reservation, and um, it's protected by a large red rock ridge. Now, the first sign something was different, in air quotes, um, was the large circular impressions that the um, they kept finding in the pastures. Now, one of the configurations formed a 30-foot triangle. Um, other circles were found measuring anywhere between three feet wide and about two feet deep. The soil inside was firmly impacted. So it looks like something heavily sat on top of the ground and then it just sank down um, because the soil was so tight. Um, at that same time, Terry had, was having trouble with his prize breeding herd of cattle. Now, the, the cows were dying unexpectedly. They couldn't figure out why his prized you know, cattle was starting to, to die. Now, in April of 95, the weirdness escalated. And I mean weird. Now, while checking one of his, um, checking on his cattle one evening, Terry saw a silent glowing object pass over a 50-foot tall stand of popular trees, like right on the outskirts of his field. Now, a few days later, Gwen experienced something. She saw a flying object. Um, looked like it had its headlights, but um, but it was like a little bit away from the the the, the craft, and it was the whole side. And like it kind of like took the whole side of the mountain in broad daylight. Now, Terry examined his odd cattle death more closely. Now, the first cow found dead shortly after the first UFO sighting showed only a hole in the center of its left eyeball. Hmm. Predators um, hadn't touched the carcass, and the Sherman noted that the chemical smell um, in the vicinity. Now, a short time later, a second cow was found um, dead with the same hole in the left eyeball. Now, with both of these animals, Terry, you know, had taken a wire and inserted it into the hole to gauge how deep it was. In both cases, the, the wire slipped in easily to the center of the brain. So that hole was deep. I mean, like, whatever went through these poor creatures, like, went all the way in. Now, during that time, some of the Sherman's cows started to disappear. Terry um, said that when... He contacted everyone around their 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 home. It seemed like it just they just vanished. So they called people, they talked to people, they did a search, and there was no sign of these cows. Um, in one instance, Terry found tracks of a cow in fresh snow. Now he followed the tracks, and then they just stopped under trees at the edge of the field. Like it just stopped. And then disappeared. Now, cows weigh 600 to 1,000, 1,500 pounds. Where would a cow go all of a sudden? Um, 
the area around the animal's last steps was surrounded by a circle of fresh twigs and branches. Um, so it seems like whatever was there was there for a while because all this fresh foliage, 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 I can't pronounce, I can't say that word, um, had fallen on and it formed a complete circle. Now, during the next months, the Shermans also observed a variety of craft and the mutilation activity continued. The most spectacular aerial phenomenon they observed was described by Terry, as he was saying, a 100-foot circular openings appeared in the sky. It was like four orange-colored doorway, doorways would sort of spiral opening. Now, looking through the high-powered scope, the Shermans watched the smaller craft emerge from the hovering portals fly around the property and then re-enter the doorways. The Shermans described the stealthy smaller craft as being about 60 by 40, 40 feet and squished with short wings. The smaller craft looked like they were flying a grid. They also appeared to emit spikes of light which hit the ground. The Shermans thought about this and they thought maybe it was some navigational system. Now, in a rare occurrence, the Sherman son found a mutilated cow within five minutes of its death. The young man seen um, the gentle Angus eating peacefully and returned moments later and it was dead. The cow's rectum had been cored out with a six inch wide hole. And it was eight inches deep. What the? Ugh. Now, during the summer, Terry, his son, and his nephew heard um, unintelligible voices um, while standing in a nearby pasture. Now, the sound seemed like echoes of a CB radio. But, like, directly above them. Now, as they listened closely, they heard two different voices speaking some unknown language, which Terry described as choppy, anti-halting, like a cross between Russian and Native American. Now Terry yelled into the air, we can hear you, and the voices stopped momentarily, and the deeper voice broke into a low rumbling laugh. The conversation then went on as before. So this is some creepy shit going on at this farm. Um, Gwen caught a glance of a large, heavy-set individual seated in an object, and a short time later, the craft appeared soon. Both she and Terry watched a sixty f- watched through a sixty-power sp- spotting scope, and could see the figure standing next to the object. Terry described it as a person, as being over seven feet tall and decked out in total black uniform and very huge. Now, um, another phenomenon um, that began to plague the Shermans, the family started noticing glowing blue balls. Get your minds out of the gutter. Um, And they were moving around the property. Now, these balls gave off of crackling noise that seemed intelligently controlled and could either hover or move. 
unbelievably fast. One evening, the Shermans watched a blue ball approach one of their horses. The light hovered within a foot of the horse's face, spooked it, and from a desk 10 feet away, Gwen shined a flashlight on the blue globe and it retreated. It then approached Terry as if it was inspecting him. And Terry described it as a glass ball the size of a baseball, which contained two blue fluids with uh, intermingle with each other. Now, um, Terry says that was the scariest. That's was the, that's as scared as he was in his entire life. Um, now, Gwen and Terry watched as their dogs followed the glowing globes into the wooded area. They lost sight of the ball, and then they heard a, a piercing yelp. The three dogs didn't return. Oh, man. I know what happened to the dogs. Deciding that um, discretion was the better part of the valor, the Shermans decided to wait until morning to investigate. The next day, yep, I knew it. Gwen and Terry found three burned circles in the woods. In the center of each circle, they discovered a greasy blob of what looked like to be short, shortening or butter. Now, the trees um, above the burned ring also looked to be scorched in appearance. According to Terry, the grass eventually grew back, but the tree limbs died. The butterized dogs were the final straw for Gwen and Terry. We couldn't just go on without our dogs, Terry said, feeling that they could no longer guarantee the safety of their children. They decided to call it quits. Now they would put this place up for sale and leave the hellish ranch. Um, Terry also said that there were some really odd things about the place when they moved in, um, which they should have known um, something was wrong. The ranch's previous owner, who had no children, had lived there since the 30s. Mr. Meyer had died 15 years previous, and Miss Meyer lived there by herself for seven years before she died. Now, when the Shermans moved in, they noticed heavy dog chains bolted by each of the four exterior doors. The Shermans assumed that the couple had a dog, which they moved from chain to chain to keep out of the sun. Terry inquired about the dog from a previous ranch hand. No, he was told the Myers had four huge, ferocious dogs, which they kept chained to each um, each of the doors. Now, in a scenario straight out of the Stephen King novel, the Shermans noticed another peculiar feature in the old place. That inside of every door in the house was outfitted with heavy deadbolts. Now, in the center of the house, the hallway area, with um, its access doors bolted. Now, in the hallway with a closet with a deadbolt and inside the closet door. Now, after the they made the decision to sell out, Terry had fallen into a conversation with a group of Indians who worked at the local water department. Now, the Indians told Terry that they had formed a pool to take bets to how long the Shermans would actually last on the ranch. The longest guest was a year and a half. The Shermans lasted two years. Wow. So these Indians knew that something was up. And instead of telling the Shermans, they took bets. <sighs> Crazy. Now, a local Indian shaman friend of Terry's 
told him that there were tribal songs about the spirits and spooks of the ranch area, going back 10 generations. Now, the shaman said that the area was considered unholy ground and was on the path of the skinwalkers. Now, among stream of curiosity seekers to the ranch in the Sherman's final days was a man who identified himself as Naval Intelligence Officer from North Carolina. The polite Navy man sympathized with the situation and had a great interest in reviewing the photos and the videos. Now, the Sherman spent their last day on the ranch rounding up cattle. By late evening, they were bone tired. They locked all the doors, saw their children to bed, now Gwen and Terry took hot showers and they fell deep asleep. Next morning they awoke to find their breeding their bedding covered with blood. They both had one eighth inch deep marks in the same place on their right thumbs. The ranch from hell had managed to tick them one last time. Now selling the ranch had possessed a dilemma for the Shermans. We didn't want to put anyone at risk. And they suggested um, several different researches, researchers that the Shermans were put in a tough, in touch with a Las Vegas millionaire, Robert Bigelow, who in recent years had invested substantial money um, in UFO related research. Now in 96, the deal was finalized. Bigelow bought the ranch for less than the Shermans paid for it. Terry also sold the also sold Bigelow a select herd of cattle and was hired on as an overseer for the operation. As part of the deal, Sherman signed a non-disclosure agreement which barred them from making any further statements about the ranch and other experiences. Meanwhile, the Sherman family had relocated to a ranch 20 miles away. Hmm, interesting. I... This story is very, very interesting. I mean, I get that the cattle mutilations and stuff like that. I totally get it. And um, was um, God, I'm lost for words. Now I read and I read another article. Um, and I also heard it on another podcast that the Ute Indians would get involved with um, the slave trade. So they would go kidnap uh, Navajo Indians and um, sell them to the Spaniards that occupied. Now, uh, I believe that would piss off the Navajo and the Ute tribe believed that the Navajo threw down a curse on the land and that's why there's a whole bunch of weird stuff happening on the land um some say that the skinwalker is the curse of the Navajo on that land now there's a a property strawberry oh my god I forgot the name that it was turned into a bed and breakfast had a lot of paranormal activity um Katrina and Jack Osborne did a whole investigation on that um there was activity outside and then it started to come inside so um you know they got you know the weird lights and the orbs outside 
and stuff like that. So um, Skinwalker Ranch is, is quite interesting. Um, I don't want to say that it's a hoax. I don't want to say that's not real because clearly multiple different people have seen um, things. Um, I know there, I heard that Gwen was driving home or driving up the, the road to get to their house when this huge creature that looked like a dire wolf stood in front of the car and, um, didn't just stared her down. Um, there was another time when they were unloading boxes from a, from their truck when a, a this wolf creature um, walked up to them and let them um, pet it. Like, he walked by the cows, and the cows all, like, backed up, except for, you know, one calf that decided to poke its head through the, the gate. And it walked right past it like nothing. It walked up to the Terry and Gwen, and they were able to pet it. But then something flipped and, you know... It ran toward the calf and, you know, had its head in his mouth. And Terry shot it with the, his rifle and it seemed like it wasn't scared. So um, I do believe that, that those creatures that they see that walk across their property that um, have this weird walk um, are, are skinwalkers. It's their land, you know. Um, cattle mutilations. I kind of reminds me of the the chupacabras. Um, perfectly round puncture marks, drained of blood. Um, no blood anywhere. So, I I want to save. I mean, if this of these cows, you know, had six inch circles and you know all these drilled marks going through their body and there's no blood anywhere I most definitely I mean like if that was happening you would hear it you would hear an animal you know crying in pain for you know a laser beam a hole being dug into them but they didn't hear anything Terry and Gwen didn't hear anything and they these animals just dropped. So yeah, I definitely say this property is 100% one haunted, a lot of paranormal. Um I think Ghost Adventures did an episode there and they caught a lot of grays. I'm not sure. Um I have to go back and look that up, but yeah, I must definitely say this gets the Miss Hyde stamp of paranormally haunted. All right, that's it for this episode. If you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly, that has everything you need at your fingertips, that won't set any limits that you can earn money, then I would recommend Anchor. Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be 
laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record, and upload. Um, you can throw in um, soundtracks. You can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now, I use it because, like, it's user-friendly and um, it is free and I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing. Now most platforms, you know, before you can even try it out, you need to sign up and pick a plan. I like Anchor because I don't have to go through any of that. So I recommend it. Now, if you really want to get into it, I recommend you going to your website, anchor.fm and you know signing up or you can download anchor.fm from the Google Store, iTunes um, and give it a try. So don't forget to go to anchor.fm, sign up and I'll see you all in podcast community. I'm Wolf. I'm Rob. And we're, we're Table Muscles. Let us make our god damn it. Let us make our goddamnments into your god. I'm Wolf. I'm Rob. And we're, we're table, table muscles. Let us make our problems your problems. We want to be the ones you turn to. To help your day better? N- no news or politics? Just, just laughter, laughter and love. love. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in the seance room. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. And I would like to thank all our new listeners, all our current listeners, and all our future listeners for joining us. With that being said, please like, share, and subscribe our podcast. We are on all platforms from Apple to Spotify to CastBox, soon to be iHeartRadio. So you can probably find us on all uh, podcast platforms. If you have any stories you'd like to share, please go ahead and email us at whattheparanormal1977 at gmail.com. We'll take a look at your story and we'll read it. If you would like to follow us on social media, we are on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also leave us a message via the Anchor app. The link will be listed below. And with that being said, we close the seance room. And we hope you all have a good day. And keep it ghosting. Mm-hmm.